my world. Yeah. My hitters be moving and shaking to stay at the streets. Yeah. Your hitters be hating, your hitters be looking so weak. Yeah. My hitters be moving and shaking to stay at the streets. Your hitters be hating, your hitters be looking so Snuff the shooter, snuff the looter, snuff the booster, snuff the money mover. Snuff the hater, snuff the player, snuff your hairline tape up and shape up. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Hell to the Culture, a Washington Redskins podcast. It's your boy Bryce. As always, I'm joined by my man Rome. Rome, what up, bro? What's good, bro? Ain't too much, man. Ain't too much. Strange times once again, but you know, we 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 are steering the way for all the Redskins fans that, that need some uh need some Redskins talk. So let's jump right into it. First uh, topic of today, we're going to discuss what we think are the are the top five players based on season projections for 2020-2021. So we're not talking about the top five players on the team based off track record. We're solely basing it off what we think they'll do in the 2020-21 season. Rome, who's your who's your first player on your list? All right, the first player on my list, number one, top five, is Dwayne Haskins, man. I think he's going to have a breakout season. I think he's going to do a lot with a little – we don't have much on on offense. Who's going to start at tight end? The wire, other than Terry McLaurin, the wide receivers are, are kind of a mismatch, or just just put it put take your pick basically a wide receiver. And uh, we got some solid running backs, but we we really don't even know what we're going to get out of the running backs uh, going into next season either. But I think Dwayne Haskins is still going to make it happen on offense, and I think he's going to prove that he's a. a more than just a starter, but a pro ball caliber quarterback in the NFL. So he's yeah. number one on my list. No doubt, man, no doubt. I, I, I see a, definitely see a leap for Haskins myself, but I did not have him on the list. But I do have somebody being a beneficiary of his leap, and that would be Terry McLaurin, who will once again have a great season. And I expect that Terry's in the Pro Bowl after this year. And if he, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes an All-Pro team. I'm expecting huge things out of Terry McLaurin, somewhere around 1,300 yards. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. So keeping it okay, pushing. Okay. Yeah, I got I got big expectations for Terry, man. So keeping it pushing. Uh, my number two player on my list is the Iron Man himself, Matt Ioannidis. This is my guy, man. I feel like he's the most un heralded player on the D-line somehow, but in my opinion, he is the best right now. Uh, and he's definitely the best at rushing the passer. And I, I think in this system, with Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera at the helm, he's going to thrive, man. I'm super excited to see what I-9 is going to do. Uh, who's, who's number two on your list? Um, first, I got to say, I love that my <clears throat> Matt Arnottis pick. That's definitely a sweeper right there. Uh, but number two on my list is number one on your list, and that's Terry McLaurin. Uh, I believe he's going to have a big, big season. I don't know about 1,300 yards. Uh, I think that's a little bullish. But, hey, man, that that would definitely help Dwayne Haskins and help my case for Dwayne Haskins being number one on the list. But I'm going to go number two, Terry McLaurin. And number three, since we are doing protect, project, projections, my bad, projections for the 2020 season, I'm going to go with the number two overall pick, Chase Young, for my number three pick. I believe he's going to have a huge impact as a rookie and even if it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, it'll show up in how the overall defense performs because he is the type of player that changes the entirety of the defense. So number three on my list is Chase Young. 
You know what? I agree. We both have Chase Young in at number three. I'm expecting double-digit sacks as a rookie. I mean, you got 16 and a half and what was it, nine games in college? So, Or no, 12 games? So give this guy 16 games, and, yeah, I'm definitely expecting uh, double-digit sacks. And I'm also expecting a lot of plays in the backfield, a lot of tackles for loss, a lot of pressures, a lot of just, you know, affecting affecting their offense in ways that may or may not come up on the stat sheet. So, uh, but, like I said, I'm expecting Chase Young to affect the game in many ways, but the next guy on my list I think will end with more sacks this season than Chase Young. And that is Montez Sweat, my number four guy. I think Montez Sweat is going to, air on the side of domination this year. I mean, I really do, man. I loved what I saw from him last year, mainly because I, I noticed a, a guy that was kind of figuring out the game. You know what I mean? Like, it was almost like as the season went on, Montez Sweat was getting better and better. Very similar to Haskins. Very, very similar to Haskins. But I think Montez Sweat is just going to – he's going to go crazy this year, man. I'm expecting 12, 13 sacks from Montez Sweat, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of folks this season. Yes, yeah, it's, it's funny because my number four is also going to be Montez Sweat, man, and for for very similar reasons. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna call it the Chase Young effect because I think Chase Young is going to garner so much attention in the in the beginning of the season and, and when he makes a few plays that Montez Sweat is going to get a bunch of one on ones and he's going to eat. He's going to eat a lot, and uh, I think I think Sweat is going to remind everyone that he was also a first round pick and remind everyone that the Redskins traded up for him for a reason. So I'm expecting big things from Montez Sweat, and that is why I have him at number four. But number five on my list, I'm going to go ahead and swing it right back to the offense, and I'm going to give it to Darius Geis, man. I think Darius Geis is going to have a sneaky good season. Uh, hopefully he will stay healthy this year, this year. If we can get 12, 14 games out of Darius Geis, I think it will be a win. I think he'll see the end zone a lot, and that will be what the team needs especially with this Scott Turner offense, I think Darius guys can flourish in this offense. So I got him penciled in at number five. You know what? I like that pick. And I think that kind of like you alluded to, the only thing that holds Darius guys back from not being an impact player this year is health. And if he can stay healthy, he's a, he's a guaranteed impact guy. I think he's already proven that. So uh, my last guy is uh, a guy that we gave big money to last year. And I don't think, I'm not going to say he didn't play up to the money, but I don't know if he was put in position to play up to the money. And that's Landon Collins. I'm expecting big things in, in this season from Landon Collins, mainly because I think that uh, Del Rio and staff will use him in a variety of ways. I can imagine them using, uh, I can imagine them using him as a big nickel in some run in some run pass situations. I can imagine them using him as a sub-package linebacker, you know what I mean, to, to play some zone against tight ends. I can see Landon getting a lot of time blitzing this year. He's going to be blitzing a lot. He's going to be really affecting plays from in the box a lot more than he was last year. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Landon Collins, and I think he's going to earn the bread this season. Yeah, man, I definitely hope that Landon Collins plays big this season, man, because we did pay him a lot, or they did pay him a lot of a lot of, a lot lot of of bread, man, and he, he's got to start living up to that. I think it's safe to say that 2019 was a, a bit of a disappointment, but it is in the rear view, and, and the sky's the limit for a guy like Landon Collins. So I definitely like that pick, man. But let, let's transition into these, these position battles, man, because I like my last guy was, was Darius Geis on, on the pick, but the, the big question is, will he even be the starter come, come the time the season starts? And even if he is, 
how is the running back room going to look? I mean, it, it's pretty crowded in there. So I'm going to go ahead and, and kick this one off, man. Uh, as we know, if you guys are, are loyal listeners, I'm a Darius Guys fan. I'm a Darius Guys guy. Uh, I, I definitely believe he will be the starter week one. Uh, I think it's silly to think otherwise. Uh, as far as Adrian Peterson, I definitely think he'll make the team. I don't think there'll be any funny business like there was with Jay Gruden last season. I don't think he'll be inactive or any any craziness like that. But I, I think he'll be a, a part of the team, a big part of the team, and I think it'll be a, a little bit of a one-two punch with him and him and Geis. But the third down back is a bit of a mystery to most people. <clears throat> And I think it's gonna be uh I think it's Gibson, man. I think I think it's pretty simple to see that. They drafted him, they they talk highly of him. I know he's a bit of a hybrid. You can line him up in the slide at wide receiver and do a do a bunch of different things with him. But I think he's gonna primarily be their their quote unquote third down running back. And I think it's how however you wanna use that player. And if they wanna line him up in the slot and do special things with him then that that's up to them. But I think he's gonna end up being the main guy on third down. And as far as the backups, man, it is hard to say. It is hard to say. Uh, it'll be a little bit easier to tell if they were if they were able to have camps and whatnot. But you know, with the COVID situation, but once they're able to get on the field, I think that that'll shake itself out. Uh, it's hard to say because you got a guy like Bryce Love, and it's like, will will he even be able to you know com- compete really, or will he end up in being on the pup list, which will change how how the whole thing goes because then, then there'll be an extra sp- spot to start the season. So as far as that part goes, it's tough to say. But the starters, I think, will, it'll look a lot like Geis, AP, and Gibson will be your main running backs in 2020. Yeah, no, that that sounds that sounds about right, man. I, I couldn't imagine it any other way except, you know, they did give these guys some money, these guys uh, McKissick and Barber. And, and where it is that they love McKissick, and uh, I think McKissick's shown well in the league. He's shown to be a nice little shifty guy. So if we do decide to carry four running backs, I think that that battle could get interesting between McKissick and Barber. Uh, Barber's more of an in-between-the-tackle guy, but he also has some wiggle, man. He can also make some things happen in the open field. So that fourth running back could really, really be up for grabs as they're trying to develop uh, as they try to develop uh, Gibson into his his eventual role, which they seem like they really see him be a Christian McCaffrey down the line. Yeah, the thing with McKissick and Barber, in my opinion, is that they're kind of the same guy. And without them getting any any actual reps and us seeing what they can actually do, it's almost like a, toy, a coin toss. But but I I agree with you though, man. I mean, it's it's, it's real shaky when you when you get to the to the fourth running back in the in the room, especially when you consider Bryce Love can't even really go out there and compete yet if he's not cleared. So. Right, exactly. And that's another thing, man. Bryce Love is another – he's kind of like the wild card in this whole situation. Uh, yeah. I definitely wish him the best because, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, he's kind of he's kind of shown – he's kind of – at least in college, man, he's shown that he's he's got something, man. He's got something. And if we can, if we can get the – if we can squeeze that juice out of him, man, we can have something special. And I, I don't know, man, this running back room, although there's not really any proven names outside of AP – there's some talent in there, and uh, people don't let that don't let that go. You know, don't let that don't lose that. There, there's some talent in that running back room. We don't know what it can become, but we got some potential there. Yeah, I, w- I would love to see Bryce Love at the very least get a shot. You know what I'm saying? He hasn't even really gotten a, a chance to to touch the field since he's been drafted. So, I would love to see him get 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 a get a chance out there. Yes, yes, and it definitely makes it tough. 
as the room gets more and more crowded. Another room that's starting to get crowded right now is that receiver room. You got a lot of young bodies in there competing for a few spots. So let's start breaking it down, man. Uh, off the top, let's start with McLaurin. I mean, obviously he's the he's the he's the gimme. You know he's in there, and you know he's going to show up every week. I think he proved that last season. But after him, you really got to start wondering, uh, because you got a guy like you got a guy like Harmon, which seems like maybe that 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 second spot across from McLaurin can come down to Harden, Harmon, and uh, Gandy Golden. That could be an interesting little little battle right there. You've also got Co- Cody Latimer in that uh, in that mix too. How do you see that shaping up as the receiver that will play opposite McLaurin? Man, all right, that is a is a tough one, bro. I, right now, I'm seeing I'm seeing Harmon, but I could definitely see Gandy Golden taking that spot over time. Again, uh, if we had mini camps and and all the regular camps that were supposed to be happening, and they were actually out there on the field, and we could get some reports and 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 see what was happening, it'd be a little bit different. But uh, right now, man, I, I got to go with Harmon just based off what I what I saw from him last season. But that that wide receiver room is just as crowded as that running back room, man. And and I know you you had a lot to say about uh, Gandy Golden coming out of college, man. So, what do you think about his chances of of really getting getting that number two spot? Uh, man, I, I don't I don't know how how long it'll take him to adjust. You know that 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 tends to be a very free player. But if he's able to translate his skills quickly, I think he can compete. You know instantly. I do think Kelvin Harmon is a hell of a ball player, though. And uh, Kelvin Harmon also had great college tape coming out. So it's not like Gandy Golden's going to come in there and take it from Harmon. I think we're creating a great uh, competitive atmosphere there with those receivers. And another thing I'll keep an eye on that's kind of a wild card is don't count out Steven Sims being an outside receiver. Uh, I mean, I get it, he's only 5'10", but this dude is a dog, man. His route running is pristine. And I'm talking, when you run routes like he runs, I mean – there's plenty of five ten guys in the league, past and present, that have dominated on the outside at that height. So let's not just pencil him in as an automatic slot. Although he's probably first to get that role as we as we continue to go through the uh, the depth chart of receiver. So at the slot, you're probably looking at Steven Sims and uh, Trey Quinn. Man, he was a uh, fan favorite last year, but it seems like hmm. Trey Quinn didn't really live up to the bill. What do you what do you think about that slot battle, and who do you think is gonna come away with that? Uh, I think it's hands down, uh, Sims, man. Uh, I don't, I don't really. Trey, Trey Quinn impressed last year at, at camp. I will give him some credit. We were down there in Richmond, and and he did impress when we were down there at camp. But uh, I don't know, man. Once the season started, it was like his his stock just went lower and lower, and he he didn't do very much in my, in my eyes. And Steve Sims kind of earned that spot. So I I I, I got to give it to Sims, uh, no question in the slot. But I like what you said about him. Not counting out it on the outside, that that could be something to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then another guy, man, that's that that's an interesting guy to kind of keep an eye on is uh, this guy Isaiah Wright, uh, rookie out of Temple. Uh, Isaiah Wright, ton is his tape. You know what it reminds me of a lot of, and it reminds me a lot of Antonio Gibson. And Isaiah Wright, I know, is an undrafted free agent rookie, but just look at what Stephen Sims turned into for us. So that's another guy to keep your eye on as, as the receiver battle really heats up. I think that he could, uh, you know, may, he might be able to guy that can, you know, throw his name, throw his name into the hat. Yeah, there's definitely going to be somebody that we're that we're not talking about or not mentioning that uh, is, is going to come up because let's be honest, Steve Sims was probably that guy this time last year. So you you always got to look out for those guys. 
<laughs> yeah, most definitely, most definitely. So keeping it pushing, man, getting into the trenches a little bit. Talk about these offensive tackles, most specifically left tackle. Uh, this is tough right now, man. I, I'm, we just got to be honest with you. I mean, we lost Trent, and now we're looking at a few guys that uh, – well, let's just jump right into it. Let's jump right into it. Who do you think is going to start at left tackle, Rome? Let, let's hear it. Man, bro, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I was doing the production sheet, and, and I threw you the left tackle one because <laughs> I, I have a question mark. <laughs> I, have a, I have a question mark, bro. Like, I'm truly not sure right now at, at left tackle, bro. Um. I, I want to say Charles, man. I want to say that he's going to come in and, and, and show and prove and be the guy, but I, I don't know if I'm really comfortable with that <laughs> going into the season, man. But but I got to know, what are your thoughts on the left tackle, man? Well, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I'm hoping for the best. <laughs> One guy I'll keep an eye on that we brought in is uh, Cornelius Lucas. He, uh, he played for the Bears. He started, he started big time, you know, uh, snaps in the league uh not too many a left tackle but he has started all along the offensive line and he has started left tackle so he can end up being somebody that we end up having to lean on you know you're talking about six eight three twenty eight so that's a big dude uh, another guy man i i still have a little bit of hope in that no one seems to have an ounce of hope oh. i got to lose, uh is deron christian man i, I knew I still, you were gonna say I it still got, <laughs> <laughs> i know bro nobody else seems to, to, to be on the the Jerron Christian uh, side of things, man. But, look, I've got hope for the dude, man. And I do still think he can develop into a pretty good uh, NFL offensive lineman. I really do. Uh, I think he was just thrown into the fire pretty early. Not sure if he was ready uh, technique-wise for what he had to go up against. But now I think, you know, it's put up a shut-up for Jerron, man. And uh, if he wants to continue to be a part of this, uh, you know, this new regime, He's gonna have to put. He, like I said, he's got to put up a shut up. So I think I think Jamar Chris is gonna gonna have a pretty good season. If I had to pick, if I had to pick who I think is gonna be the starter, I'd probably go Cornelius Lucas though. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So that, that that'll definitely be interesting, man. So you're taking Lucas as, as a starter. I, I definitely thought you would have said Christian. I was hoping that you wouldn't, and I'm glad that you that you didn't. But but I agree with you. It is put up a shut up for Jerron. And uh, let's let's just stay hopeful for him, man. But keeping it pushing on the position battles, let's go back to the defensive side. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna knock it out with the DBs, man. So this is how I see it lining up in the secondary, right? This is the biggest question mark, uh, uh, possibly uh, on the defense, other than maybe the inside linebacker, which which we'll probably save for another pod. But uh, the DBs, the way I see these guys lining up on the outside, uh, when it's when it's non-nickel, when it's just two corners out there. I believe it'll be Darby and Fuller as your starting two corners. But when they shift to, to a three-wide receiver set on the offense and they bring in an extra corner, I believe they'll shift uh, Fuller to the inside and they'll bring in Jimmy Moreland as the outside guy, not Fabian Moreau. I do not think he will be in the quote-unquote starting lineup. I think Jimmy Moreland, is, is, he's just a dog. I don't even think it. I know it. Everybody can see it when he plays. He he's got a nose for the ball, and uh, when it, when it comes time to play, man, he's gonna win that spot. I'm calling it now. I'm guaranteeing it. He's gonna be on that field, and he's gonna make plays, man. And and if you throw on the film from last season, he was definitely making plays when he was out there. And uh, the safety spot, man, I, I'm interested to know what you what, what you think about safety because a big part you had Landon Collins in your top five, and a big part of him. Uh, 
succeeding will be who's playing next to him. So what do you think about, about Sean Davis as, as the starter? Hey, I, I like I like Sean Davis, actually. Uh, and it seems like they've got a lot of faith in what he can bring to the table. I'm a fan. I'm a Sean Davis fan. I think he'll come in and be able to run with that run with that position, especially with the departure of Monte Nicholson. Uh, I got I, yeah. I, I like Sean Davis a lot, man. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna ball out. Uh, one thing I'll add to that is uh, the cornerbacks, man. No no love no love for Fabian Moreau, huh? I think I like Fabian a little more than uh, definitely more than you do. I mean, last year Fabian showed up pretty big. Definitely was his best season. Uh, you know, he, he started twelve out of sixteen games. And, uh, you know, I mean, well, maybe he didn't start 12 out of 16, but he played 12 out of 16 games, I should say. And uh, was able to get three interceptions. So uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping for good things from him, especially because we don't really have a big cornerback on the roster outside of him. He's big. He can run. Can he get in a system where it's easier for him? Doesn't look like he's guessing as much because it looked like the secondary as a whole was guessing. And I do think that the secondary can look a lot better with some better coaching. Yeah, I, I, that that definitely is something that we're agreed on. No shade to Fabian. I definitely think he had a nice season last season, and I I, I think he's a, he's a solid corner. Uh, I just I just think Jimmy Moreland, man. I think he's gonna he's gonna take a leap next season, and and be a part of that starting lineup. I think Fabian will be an uh, integral part though. I think I think he'll definitely be needed. You know, injuries definitely happen often. Uh, Darby has dealt with injuries his whole career. So I don't think they. I think Fabian will be a part of of 2020, and he will be called upon. So, so I hope he, he he's definitely ready for that when it when it uh, happens. But uh, we definitely got some NFC East predictions that we got to get to, man, because uh, we mentioned it in the last pod, man. So I'm very I'm very interested for this one, man. I'm excited, honestly, to to get your take on on the winners and the losers of the NFC East, man. So. We already know how you, how you picked the Redskins season. You had us ending at eight and eight, but uh, let, let's start off with the uh, the Giants. Let's start off with the Giants, bro. How, how do you see the New York Giants twenty twenty season going? Well, the Giants were pretty. The Giants were pretty bad last year. Let's be honest. And uh, I think for Giants fans, they took some solace in the fact that their rookie quarterback didn't look awful. You know, he looked decent. He looked good at times. Decent for an entire season. Uh, but what I would say is I don't see them making too big of a leap, and that's based off the moves they've made. They haven't necessarily surrounded uh, their rookie quarterback, or I guess their second-year quarterback now, with big-time talent. They do have Saquon Barkley, but that's about all they have. After that, it gets pretty thin. I mean, Evan Ingram's supposed to be good. Ster- uh, Sterling Shepard's supposed to be good. They've got a lot of supposed to be on that offense. And uh, I kind of feel similar about the defense as well. But with that said, I do see an improvement for them. So I'm seeing in the six and ten, seven and nine range. And uh, if I had to lock it in, you know, I'd, I'd say six and a half wins if I had to give it a number. You know, like they're, they're not getting over. They're, they're somewhere around six and a half wins. Man, if that's what you were setting it at, I would definitely be taking the under. Uh, I think you're being a little generous, man. The Giants are going to be trash, bro. Like, let's just let's just be honest. They're they're wasting Saquon Barkley. Uh, they they did try to improve the offensive line a little bit, and we'll we'll see how that works out for them. And I I don't know. It's like you 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 hit the you you hit it out the park, bro. Like they got a lot of a lot of maybes on that team. A lot of should be goods. A lot of like when is Sterling Shepard going to take that leap? Is he going to take that leap? 
you know, like Evan Ingram, same thing. Like, wh- when is it? When is it really going to happen and happen consistently? Uh, if it does click, then maybe, maybe the Giants could be something. But I, I just don't see it, and I honestly think it, it's it's because of the coaching. Like, I think it, that's where it, what it's going to come down to. But uh, let's keep let's keep it going, man. So let's throw it to Dallas now, man. Or actually, no, let's save let's save Dallas for the for the last one, you know, because we hate them the most. So let's let's save that pick for the very last one. Let's let, let's start. Let's go ahead and, and get Philly out the way, bro. So the Eagles, man. We we both had a uh, uh, I think we had different picks for for week one, right? I, I had us beating Philly, and you had us losing to Philly. But how do you see Philly's overall season going? Well, I I, uh, I think I had us. I think I had. Did you have us beating Philly too? Yeah, I think I had. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. Opening the season at home, but I here's one thing I'll say about Philly. Here's my comments on them. I believe that they are exiting their uh, their run, their window. Their window is currently closing, and I believe that their coach is actually smart enough to recognize that. And that was what that Jalen Hurts pick signaled to me. That window is closing. And they were they are only going to regress in my mind until they finally fully commit to opening a new window. And right now they're trying to hold on to this, this Carson Wentz era, which to me, I hate to be a Debbie Donner for an Eagles fan, but I don't see it working for, for them. And I don't see them getting past that, like, 9-7 and seven threshold. I can see them staying at 9-7 and seven again, having the exact same season as other teams in the division, you know, get a little better. But, uh... Yeah, I, I see them right back at nine and seven again. I don't see any any less or any more wins. Damn, bro, you're still in my notes, bro. You're still in my notes. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what I got them at is nine and seven. Uh, I I think that's the best that they're going to be able to muster this season. Even yeah, man, I I just don't see the Eagles doing better than that. I, I'd like to say that they could they could find a way, but. But I, I agree with you on everything you said, man. Like, the, the coach is smart enough to recognize it and everything. So, I think it's going to be a tough season for Eagles fans or a hard pill to swallow. But the Eagles probably will not be making the uh, the playoffs this season and probably will not be winning the division. The sad, sad fact, and I think we, we might both realize it, is that – well, I, actually, I don't know how, how exactly you feel, but I'm going to go ahead and give my Cowboys prediction, and I got them winning about 10 games – and winning the NFC East, uh, I hate I hate to say it, but unless the Redskins are the team to find a way to to come up and 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 slay slay the Cowboys, I don't see anybody in the East winning it other than Dallas. They just have too much talent. I know they got a first year head coach. That is going to be their biggest hurdle to get over. But the talent on that team and the way the other NFC East teams are lining up and looking, I just don't see a way that, that the Cowboys lose this division. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel you. I feel you. But I don't think it's as easy. I don't think it's that easy for them to just not lose the division. Because personally, I see the Cowboys staying right where they had to. Man, I, I, don't, I don't, honestly, I don't get the Cowboy hype. It seems like year after year, before each season, the Cowboys are supposed to go to the Super Bowl, and I feel like they're doing that again. And it's based mainly because of a CD Lamb acquisition. Don't get me wrong. I love C.D. Lamb coming out of the draft, but one rookie wide receiver is not about to just take these guys to a, to a Super Bowl, especially when they already had receivers. That was not their problem, you know? And I look at this 8-8 this eight eight Cowboys team from last season. If they don't pay Dak by the time the season gets rolling, 
they're going to have some, some, some drama to deal with. You know how Cowboys drama gets. It's always louder than the rest of the drama. And uh, I, I can see it getting bad in Dallas, man. I'm going to give them 8-8, eight and eight, but I can, see that, uh, I can see that unraveling. This is one of those years where uh, I really think an underdog is going to come away with the division, which is why the closer and closer it gets to the season, the more and more I feel like, wrong, I'm going to say it, man. I think the skin's going to get the division this year, bro. I'm starting to come around <laughs> on it, bro. Don't hold me to it. Hopefully oh, in eight months from now I don't sound crazy because of this, but I'm starting to feel that way. I'm starting to warm up to it. The last time I felt this way, man, we did it. That's all I'm say. <laughs> so, so let me get this straight, bro. Let me get this straight. You're saying that the Redskins are going to win the NFC East. Is that what you're saying? On, on the pile, we're recording right now. Well, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. <laughs> there has never been in the last, over the last decade or longer now, there's never been a repeat champion in the NFC East. I look at the Eagles as a team that isn't really getting any better after winning the division. I look at the Cowboys as a team that isn't really surprising anybody after, after going 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, they're not, they're not making they, – they, they got Mike McCarthy, don't, don't get me wrong, but that could actually set them back a little bit, having to get a whole new everything. Now, the Redskins and the Giants, I'm starting to view as kind of underdogs, but, but wild cards, mainly because, obviously, with the Skins, they're getting a whole new regime. Not only that, there are, people are already counting against the Skins, and that's more fuel for the fire. The Giants, second year with the, with the young QB, and same with the Skins. And with these young QBs, you never really know what you, quite, what you really got until you see it. Hey, man. I got one of the Giants or the Skins are going to win the NFC East this year. I'm almost ready to guarantee it. Oh, man. All right. Well, we're going to get back to this on a pie, on another on another pie, man. Wow. All right. I don't, I, man, I don't know, man. I don't know if, we, if, we're, if we're ready, if we're ready to win the division. I think the ceiling is, is about nine games for, for the Skins. And I, I think we will – we will play well in the division, and I think we'll win more games in the division than we'll lose games in the division. But winning the division, oh, man. Oh, well, yeah, hey, I we, we definitely have to discuss that. Nine games, nine games won it last year. Hey, that is, that is a fact. That is a fact. All right, man, but uh, let's, let's keep it pushing, bro. What, we got, what else we got on the dock today, man? Uh, you want to let's rank these these quarterbacks actually we're, while we're on this topic of the NFC East, man. And you mentioned it with with Dax with Dax contract. So let, let's rank the the NFC East quarterbacks while we still have a chance before he uh, ends up not even being in Dallas in the next couple seasons. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, no, no doubt. How do you view the NFC East quarterbacks, man? Well, I mean, obviously, as most people looking at them would, I kind of view it in two tiers. You've got the you know, you've shown me what you've got here, and you got to show me what you got here. And uh, and the you have already shown me what you got. Obviously, we've got Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz. Now, there's been a ton of talk about how to rank these guys, where to rank these guys. And, you know, for the longest, I had Carson Wentz over Dak Prescott. And you know what? Skill for skill, I still think Carson edges them out, but Dak's, Dak's proven that, you know, he, he, can, he can win in some clutch situations. And uh, I don't know, man. They're almost like a dead heat, man. It's like one, the moment I want to pick one, then I see another reason. I see a reason to pick the other one. So 
I, I'm almost tired in a one A one B situation with them. Man, I don't I don't know what the the closeness in comparison everybody sees with these guys is. Like to to me, it's obviously Wentz. The only the only thing that keeps them close is that Wentz gets hurt and goes out. I mean, if you think about it, any and everything that Dak has done or can do, Wentz has done and probably done better. I mean, when Wentz has a healthy team, they win and they ball out. When Dak has a healthy team, they win and he balls out. Uh, I think the biggest difference is when Wentz does not have a healthy team and he's healthy, he still balls out. And we see that. We saw that last season. We haven't really seen Dak without an all-star cast surrounded by him, and I think that's a big part of why he hasn't gotten paid. Uh, and, my, and my only real comment on the whole Dak not getting paid situation is we as Redskins fans, we've seen this, this, this scenario with the franchise tag coming up and all that. So uh, it, my my best advice for Dallas fans is enjoy Dak while y'all have him because this, this, this probably isn't going to end with a 10-year contract. But uh, going back to the rankings, man, I definitely got Wentz over Dak, and I don't I don't even think it's that close. Uh, honestly, I want to put Haskins over Dak, but I'm going to be fair and, and keep it objective. Uh, Haskins has to show it. He hasn't shown it in the league yet. I think he has, definitely has the potential to be better than Dak. But uh, I'm going to have Dak 2 and Haskins 3, and I'm interested. Uh, obviously, I got Daniel Jones 4th now. Uh, I, I just think he, he, he could possibly prove me wrong and be better than a couple of these guys. He definitely has some good potential. I don't think he's a, he's a terrible quarterback by any means. But uh, right now I got him as, as the bottom quarterback. I think all in all this whole division will be one of the best divisions with quarter, uh, as far as quarterbacks are concerned in the league by, by the end of 2020. But uh, how do you got the bottom tier ranking out? Well, hey, before I go to the bottom tier, I got to throw this out there. I honestly felt the same exact way you felt about Dak uh, until this last season because Dak's are, he he's proven that he can win games. He's won a considerable amount of games in Dallas, but that last season, bro, when he he you know a hundred yards away from five thousand, thirty touchdowns, eleven picks, like I didn't think Dak Prescott had that in him, and I think that was the season that really made me change my mind and say, okay, this guy, he's not an elite quarterback, but he is you know, one of the, you know, at least in my opinion, top 10, top 15 quarterbacks in the league. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, that that bottom tier, you know, you know I got Haskins above Jones, you know. I, I, I believe in Haskins big time. Now, maybe I'm projecting uh, his, his on his season a little bit, but at the same time, I feel like Haskins is going gonna, is gonna to tear, tear it up this year. I think he's more athletic than Jones. I think he's got a better arm. I think he reads defenses better. And I and I, I mean, I'm just so happy they took Jones and didn't take Haskins, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Th- thank you, Dave Gettleman, once again, bro. The the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Gettleman, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. So I mean, I guess that wraps it up for uh, ranking the quarterbacks in the NFC East. Any any final comments before we get out of here? Nah, man, as always, if you don't have the, the Gas Sports app, man, definitely download that. And uh, check out these episodes of Sports for the Culture, man. They, they've been very entertaining, man. They've been getting me through this quarantine, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure all of our listeners would, would enjoy that. Absolutely, absolutely. Gas Presents Sports for the Culture comes on live every Tuesday, 10.30 p.m. Definitely check it out, man. 
And uh, as always, hail to the culture and hail to the rest. Yeah. My hitters be moving and shaking to stay out the streets. Yeah. Your hitters be hating, your hitters be looking so weak. Yeah. My hitters be moving and shaking to stay out the streets. Your hitters be hating, your hitters be looking so Snuff the shooter, snuff the looter, snuff the booster, snuff the money mover. Snuff the hater, snuff the player, snuff your hairline tape up and shape up. Snuff the shooter, snuff the looter, snuff the booster, snuff the